out in the car park around Warsaw football match. And um, generally on Sundays, there are between 70 and 100 uh, tradespeople invited to it. And I want you to imagine that this is one. As soon as the Easter market manager always puts it in a good place and this seems a good place to talk to you about. And we'll show you what to do. Yes, we will. Okay, so um, see all the other market traders around us. And, um, you know, we, we always know that God's going to bring across our path the people who need to come to us. And, um, and normally it's the children, actually, that spot us first because of, because of the balloons. Oh, hi. Hi. What's your name? Justina. Hi, Justina. It's lovely for you to come, to come and uh, and and meet us. And uh, what's your name? Michelle. Michelle. Oh wow. How old are you? Five. Lovely to meet you. Toby. Oh, how old are you, Toby? Four. Four. Okay. Balaji, and I'm eleven. Wonderful. Anu, and I'm eleven. Well, it's great. It's great that you should come across our, our store. Um, we're here um, because we um, want to let you know uh, how much Jesus loves you. Thank you. Okay. So, um, do you know that, that Jesus is not angry with you at all? Yes, I know. He's always been with us. Awesome. That's great. So um, we have some um, balloons here um, for your children. And um, the balloons say on them, smile, Jesus loves you. Yeah, so would you like a balloon? You are most welcome. And a balloon for you as well. One for you. Would you like some sweets? No hesitation there for the sweets. Pardon? How much? No, no, there's no charge. It's just a dead man. That's not a question we normally ask. <laughs> 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 okay, so normally, um, normally the people that would come across our stall don't really know um, about Jesus. So when when we ask the question, do you know? That, that Jesus loves you, and they normally come over with some other response, which is why we're here to say, and then they ask, well, how comes you're giving these things away and there's no charge? And we're able to link it with God's love. We're able to say, do you know what? God so loved the world that he gave. He gave the most precious gift that you could ever desire in your life, and we are here to introduce Jesus to you. And um, at that point, we would, um, the children would have their balloons, they would have their sweets, and then we would say, um, and this is for you, mom or dad, this is for you. Um, we would quickly tell, give them the gospel, and we would say, can you take this home with you? It's called Why Jesus? And this will explain a little bit more as to why you need Jesus um, in your life. So we give them this book and we say, um, now, this is what I would normally say, now, promise me 
that you will read this book. Yes, I'll read it again. Okay, amongst witnesses here, you heard, and we normally say it will only take you about 10 minutes because it's not which a big, which is true, we've timed it, haven't we? And, um, and then for those who, who, who want a little bit more, we have the Gospel of John, and we would say, you know, if you're going to start to read the Bible, start with the Gospel of John because this tells you all about Jesus. And we're here every second Sunday and every fourth Sunday. So if you want to come back to us, ask us any questions at all. Um, if you want, uh, if you've got any prayer requests, then just come to us and we're happy to pray with you for your family or anything else that you want to know um, about Jesus. And there is also a leaflet in there that explains where the church meets and the times of the services. And if there's anything special going on, we also Sometimes we hand out cards with various um, Bible verses on to the children as well. That's right. Quite often, um, people come and they look at all the things on the table and they're looking at it and they always say how much. And then when we say it's free and you can have whatever you want, um, they are just absolutely amazed. It's just, you know, and so it's, it's a really good witness of the, the love of God. And um, we're in the marketplace because Jesus, yeah, and he was always in the marketplace too. Thank you very much. You're <laughs> welcome. You're welcome. We hope to see you again. Okay, bless you. Do go to homes to pray for people if they need prayers. Do go to homes, different homes to pray for people if they need prayers. Uh, we tend to do prayers from the marketplace, but, however, we've never had anybody ask us to come to their home, but we can arrange that. That's a question we've never had, but sure, you know, if someone needed us, then we, we could arrange to do that, no problem. Thank you very much. Thank you for bigging me up. <laughs> I'm making me feel so relaxed. Well, um, you know what they say, love sends. It was love that sent us to Bescott Market, and um, you sent us as well. So today, um, we're here to just tell you a little bit about what's going on in Bescott Market. There's no way we can share everything that goes on. We'll just give you like little snippets of you know, what, what goes on. You've just seen a little demo of, uh, you know, um, a typical uh, encounter with um, somebody in the marketplace. In the past, what we've done is to tell you the stories of people who've actually, um, whom we've met, and uh, stories from uh, the shoppers. But today, you're going to be hearing from the, some of the traders themselves and from the market team who've actually welcomed us and taken us in as their family. So we're, um, we're just going to watch some clips now. I have to warn you, market is not a quiet place. So there will be noise. Okay, so just bear with us. Thank you.
Sorry about the noise, but that's the market, that's, and that's how it is. Um, the market manager called Steve Evans, he's very shy. Um, so he, he, he didn't want to be interviewed, but he's actually um, written something for us to read, which we're going to read to you now. So I'm gonna ask John, and there's um, a little um, uh, young man, a young man called Josh, um, he's only 14 years of age, we met John when he was 11, uh, bullied at school, uh, not really very confident in himself, um, but you know, he's come a long way and he's also written something and John is gonna read both out to you. So I'll hand you over to John now. Read Josh's text. Yes, this is what Josh wrote for us. Hi, it's Josh. You have done a lot for me this year and the last. You have made me into a better person. You have prayed with all your heart for me to do well in life. I really appreciate it. I cannot thank you enough. You have made me the person that wants to work and wants to knuckle down and ignore bullies. Thank you. Hold on, I've lost it again. <laughs> now I've got it. This is from Steve, the market manager. It's been such a pleasure for me to write this interview. 
because I'd like everyone to know how much we value Chidi and a group of between three and five people who come down to our market at Bescott from the church at Junction 10 at least once a month. Throughout the day, they spend their time tirelessly chatting to people, offering all kinds of support, particularly a listening ear, and nothing is ever too much trouble. They are a most encouraging and inspiring group of people who give so much and always lift the atmosphere with their enthusiasm and they never fail to show empathy, compassion and kindness to all around them. Their presence to me is the church in action and we appreciate that very much. So a huge thank you from all at Bescott Market. Okay, you've heard a little bit about um, those clips. Some of those people, to be quite honest, we, we, they've come a long way. We've had to walk with them and, uh, you know, pray with them, guide them, um, especially Josh as um, a young lad um, and the others. You know, um, it is said that the journey of a, of, of a thousand miles it starts with a step. Um, and that's exactly how we've started. We've been in the marketplace now for about five to six years. And um, God gave us a clear vision about what he wants us to do. To take the love of God to the marketplace. To share his heart. You know, to people who don't know him. To the lost, to the least. And um, Jesus said in the book of John. He said that. And these, and there are people who are, whom I must reach, those who are outside the fold, that he might bring them in, that there might be one, one fold and one shepherd. And that's why we go. Even Christ himself went out so that he had to go outside the city gate to be crucified, to shed his blood for us all, for all of us, that we might be sanctified. So if Christ went, if he stepped outside of his comfort zone, so should we. I'm just going to have John now read um, from the book of Luke, chapter 19. And then what God has laid on my heart today um, is from where he's going to read. And I've titled it, Occupy Till I Come. John. This is a well-known parable of Jesus, and I'm beginning to read, um, as Chitty said, chapter 19 from verse 11. And as Jesus was nearing Jerusalem, he took a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. A nobleman living in a certain province was called away to the distant capital of the empire to be crowned king of his province. Before he left, he called together ten assistants and gave them a large sum of money to invest while he was gone. But some of his people hated him and sent him their declaration of independence, stating that they had rebelled and would not acknowledge him as their king. Upon his return, he called in the men to whom he had given the money to find out what they had done with it and what their profits were. The first man reported a, a tremendous gain ten times as much as the original amount. 
Fine, the king explained, exclaimed, you are a good man. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, and as your reward you shall be governor of ten cities. The next man also reported a splendid gain, five times the original amount. All right, his master said, you can be governor over five cities. But the third man brought back only the money he had started with. I've kept it safe, he said, because I was afraid you would demand my profits, for you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and even confiscating the crops that others plant. You're vile, you vile and wicked slave, the king roared. Hard am I, that's exactly how I'll be toward you. If you knew so much about me and how tough I am, then why didn't you deposit the money in the bank so I could at least gain some interest on it? Then turning to the others standing by, he ordered, take the money away from him and give it to the man who earned the most. But sir, they said, he has enough already. Yes, the king replied, but he is always true and that those who have get more and that those who have little soon lose even that. Amen. Thank you very much, John. The nobleman was going to a very far country to receive to himself a kingdom. And um, he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 pounds. In other words, one pound each. And he said to them, occupy till I come. And as you know, Jesus used so many parables, you know, to communicate the kingdom of God to, to his followers in those days. And this was one of those parables as John, you know, beautifully read it to us. So um, God has endowed each and every one of us to them or to the parable, it's money. But the instruction is clear. Invest while I'm gone away. Occupy till I come. God has given each and every one of us gifts, talents, treasures. And as we walk about, we carry about, you know, the treasures of God in us, that those talents. So what are we doing with those talents? Are we investing those talents? Are we going to invest and allow it to multiply? Or are we going to wrap it up in a napkin as the unfaithful um, servant did? and had handed back to the master. Jesus might be gone, but he's coming back. I wonder what our response will be. I don't know about you, but I want mine to be well done, good and faithful. Now, those gifts can sing. The worship team, they've just led us beautifully this morning. And you know, the Bible actually tells us that David... When he was young, he used to go to the um, uh, quiet and lonely places and, he, you know, he used to sing to them to make them happy. That was his talent and he used it. Even he ministered to Paul as well, uh, to Saul, you know, um, in his difficult times. It can be healing, can be evangelism, can be anything, you know, um, creative healings and deliverance and uh, hospitality, mercy missions. God has given us so many talents. My brothers... And sisters, my advice to you is exactly like Paul said to Timothy, stir up, stir the gift that God has given you. Don't let it go, dammit. Don't let pride or fear of the unknown or your ego or self or your flesh stop you. 
Just go. Take that step. God is with you. It's an instruction, by the way. He said, occupy till I come. And in the book of Matthew, I think it's the last chapter, it says, go and make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It's an instruction. So by going, by taking that first step, you're obeying God. And anybody who obeys God, he honors that very much. And there's always a blessing that comes with obedience. You know, you look at the world we live in now. Our world is changing. It really is shifting. And you just need to open up your eyes and see what's happening. And in my heart, I believe we failed God in many ways. You know, because we failed, we've let him down. We failed to equip them with the word of God. And they've actually gone astray. They've turned away from him. And they've gone into the wrong hands. Some people have. Because we've not given them the word of God. Guess what they've got? They've got guns. They've gone into, you know, being extremists. They've gone into gangs. All kinds of things. Because we have failed. If we were there telling them, they will know. You know, people are searching. A lot of people are searching. And people are angry with God. You know why? Because they're going through stuff. And Bible tells us that people perish due to lack of knowledge. They don't know otherwise. You ask a typical 85 to 86 or 85 to 90 year old, do you go to church? And they will tell you, no, um, used to. I used to be in the Sunday school. I used to teach in the Sunday school. We used to go three times a day. But I don't bother anymore because our church has, has moved to this place or to that place or because times have gone on. That was then, not now. You know, we have failed God. We've actually let him down. We've not really gone ahead and, and tell the, you know, that good story. But how can they know until we tell them? Until they hear? How can they believe in him that they have not trusted? We need to tell them. Good news is not good news if it's not shared. And the Bible is good news. So we need to share it. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, 13 to 15, the scripture tells us how can they call on the God that, you know, they don't know? How can they believe in him? You know, how can they believe except they hear? And how can they hear except someone tells them? In John, chapter 1, 10 to 12, it says that, you know, Jesus himself, he came to his own, and his own did not recognize him, but for as many as recognized him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God and daughters of God. So what are you doing with your talents? Don't bury them. Don't let pride or self or anything stop you from using that, that treasure that God has given you. I'm just going to, I mean, we've, we've heard, you know, about the testimony. Sometimes you don't really know the impact you make in people's lives. But what you have to do, remember, Jesus said we should go and shine like lights in a depraved generation. We should go and salt the earth, sever the earth. So as you go, you will be surprised the number of people around you whose lives you will touch. If you ask the other members of the team, they will tell you 
Everybody in the market, nearly everybody in the market knows us. We don't know half of them. They even call us priests. They call us all sorts. They will spot us, you know, you are sister and so, oh, you prayed for me, oh, you did this, or you did that. But, you know, we just do it. Because what we do there, brothers and sisters, we sow seeds. You see, the seeds, these harvests, you've heard about just a little bit of them. Somebody else, somewhere, sometime, sowed those seeds. What we have done with just a few of these testimonies is just to harvest them. So when we're there, we sow seeds as well. The seeds you sow, somebody else will water, but only God will give the increase. But whether you sow, whether you water, whether you are the one that reaps the increase, you know, the harvest is, uh, the, the blessing is one. Well done, good and faithful. That's what God will tell anyone, you know, who dares take that first step. And that's what he's actually asking us to do. So don't be afraid to sow seeds. Don't be afraid to dream. He says, make me, oh Lord, a dreamer for your kingdom. I'm cracking up now. But bear with me. It's just what's in me. Don't let it go. Don't let anything suppress that gift, that talent that God has put in you. However long it takes, take a step. Start from somewhere. You know what? God will bring alongside you you know, uh, uh, helpers of destiny, I call them, and they will guide you. You'll be surprised, but you just need to take that first step. Once you make that move, God will follow suit. And whatever it is, remember, it's Father's business. It's not your business. It's Father's business. So don't make it yours. If you make it yours, and I think that's where the burden comes, that's where, you know, and when we get all stressed, is the Lord's. It's his business. Just step out, and he will help you. I'm just going to read a little bit more about some of the testimonies, and I'll be calling on Pat to give a testimony before I carry on again. Um, a lady we met in the marketplace with chronic back pain. Um, she just walked past, just like you know, Yemi did with you know um, those little ones, and just walked to our table. We started chatting. She was ministered to. She gave her life to the Lord. You know, this lady has not, she's not been able to lift her son for years. But after we prayed for her, involuntarily, she just, as a mother would, she just picked up that little boy. And then she, she ran back to us and she said, I can carry my son. I've not been able to do this for years. And that's why wherever she goes, she goes with her husband because he's the one that carries the son. Sorry, uh, you know, men. Uh, but, you know, that's how it is. She was just instantly healed because she gave her life to the Lord. She surrendered to the Lord and, and God took that burden of back pain and threw it away. It's, it was nailed to the cross of Calvary, which she didn't know about. Now, a few traders we've met in the marketplace, believe it or not, there are so many Christians out there. And until you begin to chat with them, you wouldn't really realize that they are Christians. But by us going out, some of them have stopped trading on Sundays. They've gone back to church. We didn't have to say much to them, but because of our presence and our influence in the marketplace. And they will say, you know, you've actually made us go back. Not because, you know, of anything else, but because we feel we shouldn't be in the marketplace on Sundays. We should be in church. And they've gone back to serve, serving God, you know, ministering to others. 
And you know what? Another thing they said to us is that by not trading on Sundays, we've not lost any money either. But if for anything, God has blessed us more. And that is the God we serve. If you honor him, he will honor you. We have met Josh also. I just keep calling that young, that, that young boy, bless him. And others, and Carlton. Um, you know, we've actually met. And so many others that we've actually met. They, they've uh, surrendered to the Lord. They've, uh, you know, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the marketplace. And we've actually had to walk with them. And that's discipling. You know, how are you today? How are you going on? What's happening in your life? And we have to pray. Like that, like Josh, you know, he, when he started school, he was being bullied, greatly bullied. Sometimes he would come to the market, you know, with black eyes and, you know, swollen face and everything just because he was beat up at school gate for being a Christian. And, as, and you know, we, we will say to him, cheer up, because obviously they know what you now carry. They know who is in you, because who is in you is greater than what's in them, than who is in them. You know, so, and we've actually, you know, um, helped him. And, you know, he's growing, becoming a nice young man for the Lord. We've actually become a source of encouragement to so many people. Uh, people come, they don't know where to go. Uh, they've, they've got no company, but they just walk to our table and they just offload, just, just talk. So we've offered that listening ear and we've actually prayed for them and helped them. We see a lot of, uh, you know, people, Christians, after church service, they will come as well to the market just to pick up one or two things. And they will say to us, you know, you are needed in the marketplace. We're all needed in the marketplace. And, you know, thank you for what you're doing. And, um, you know, uh, they, they will also pick up some materials, some, some resources from us. We've had to refresh them and bless them. We've seen a great number of markets. There's just a proliferation of markets being opened. And that in fact, two weeks ago, another one opened, now this time in Stafford. But all these markets are opening. And the market manager, Steve, and his team, they are requiring us, inviting us to partner with them. But we're not many, only five of us. We can only be in one place at one time. You only need one or two of us to be on holidays like now. And we're just, you know, thin, really, really thin. So if you come on board, you will help us to reach the least and the lost in the other markets. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are very, very few. I'm going to give part now to just, just one minute or two. Um, last December, what happened um, during the... Um, market outreach in December last year. Pat. Thank you. Hi, everybody, again. Um, you know, in the years that we've been on Bescott, um, Christmas is always the highlight, um, and Easter, because you, we can share truth. You know, we, we have this inside us, which is awesome, so we can go, we can shine, and we can share truth and change lives. So... Christmas, um, we were very thin on the ground. Um, we didn't have our normal um, choir that would come and sing on the market. And we were thinking, what can we do? And um, God just said to us, you know, you, can, you haven't got a live choir. And we definitely believe this was Holy Spirit. Use um, worship CDs, Christmas CDs. So we did that and um, feed them. You know, feed them. 
So uh, we took for the first time some hot, uh, two flasks with uh, one with hot mulled fruit juice and the other one with spiced apple. We had our mince pies as normal and some biscuits that Rachel had given to us. And um, Steve, the market um, superintendent, had given us a store underneath, like sort of undercover. So the music that we played was able to fill the whole of sort of like the indoor, really. And um, people came, and for the first time, normally what they would do is they would listen to the choir singing, um, and, and then they would walk off. We'd give them a mince pie, and they'd, you know, take one or leave it, and they'd walk off. But this time, because we had hot drinks, people, after having a hot drink, would stand around and talk to us. So we're able to talk to quite a few families and encourage them um, that the greatest gift that they could have at Christmas time is Jesus in their lives, that he's the one that isn't just for Christmas but for the rest of their life. And a lot of families that were like, well, we need to find a church near to where we're living. You know, we told them about our service here. But the most significant thing um, for me that still impacts my heart now were two elderly gentlemen that came across um, the stand. You might remember you were there with us at Christmas time, weren't you? Two elderly gentlemen came across the stand. And at first they just had the hot drinks because they were cold. Um, and then we started talking to them and um, telling them about Jesus. And the one gentleman said, oh, you know, I've lost my wife this year. We've been married. He'd been married for a long time. And he said, I, you know, Christmas means nothing at all to me because I'm on my own. However, um, we were able to bring hope back into this man's life. We shared the gospel with him and he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Now, the thing with this gentleman was, round his neck, he had a heart locket. And in that locket, he had some of his wife's ashes in that heart locket. And so when we shared Jesus with him and said, you know what, you might have left your wife, but there's someone who wants to be with you, somebody who wants to be with you 24-7 and promises that, you know, even though your wife has gone on ahead, he's not going to leave you at all. He's always going to be there for you. And um, when we told him and shared the gospel that this was his purpose, that God wanted him to um, receive him. Um, and, you know, this was a purpose for his life. This man just stood there and tears just came down his eyes. He, he, he said that he wanted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He gave his life to the Lord there and then in the market. And um, we, we, we told him what was happening in heaven at that point. We said that the angels are celebrating over you. You know, we said, you're now a new creation, not based on what you've done or what you can do, but based on what Jesus has done for you. And this man, his whole persona just changed. And his friend that was with him, his friend also wanted what he'd seen his other friend have. So both of them became born again. Now, you know, for me, that is the greatest gift to know that us being in the marketplace, two people, their lives have been radically changed. And we've had lots of people over the years who have given their life to the Lord. 
And, you know, if we were to add up all of those people whose lives there's been a difference made to, it's, it's amazing. So I want to encourage you, you know, everybody has a gift in them that God has given to them because that's what he said, yeah? And, and all of us can, you know, together, you're not on your own, you're part of a team, and you're actually changing lives for the whole of eternity. Um, I also remember the little boy, um, a little Asian boy who came across the store and he couldn't speak. He'd been dumb from birth and he was about five, he, he, he deaf and dumb, that's right. He couldn't, couldn't speak and he couldn't hear. And he came across for the balloons and for sweets and we prayed for him and his first words were Jesus. His ears popped open, he could hear and his tongue started speaking and his first words were Jesus. His mom was so surprised. She was so shocked. She asked for balloons for all the children and sweets for all the children in her family. And But this little boy's life was significantly changed. And that's nothing to do with us. That's the power of God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So I just want to um, encourage you that wherever you go, it's not you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Let his light shine, you know, allow him to shine and impact everywhere that you go because um, he's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Bunch. Praise God. You know, I always say, if the angels in heaven are rejoicing for one soul that repents, then why wouldn't I rejoice? Why wouldn't I celebrate? So e each time we come up to um, talk about best cut, you're going to be hearing this over and over. So many people that give their lives to the Lord. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to apologize for saying that. Because if the angels in heaven are rejoicing, so we should. So continuing, you know, the nobleman was Jesus. He's given us gifts. He's died. He rose again. He's seated in heaven, but he's coming back in his glory. So, while we wait, what do we do? What, we do? what do we do? When we occupy, as we occupy, as we invest, what do we do? Pray. God has made us watchmen over our towns, our cities, our streets, workplaces, your families. God has put you in the family you are now for a reason. You know your streets, the roads, the avenues where you are? God placed you there for a reason. Just turn around. Look at your neighbors. You know, I'm not saying just literally turn and look at them. But, you know, the Holy Spirit will lay something in your heart for them. We're in Bescott. Whatever we do in Bescott could be on the bus. Could be in the office. Could be in the hospital. Anywhere. So... It's just to encourage us. Just pray. And if you don't know anything to pray about, just pray. With thanksgiving. That's what the scripture says. In Colossians 4, chapter 2, it says pray. And pray again. And continuing in prayers with thanksgiving. So let's, let's be watchmen over our cities, over our families, over our towns and cities, and over Bescot. Be diligent. Be committed. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. It might seem like a little thing, a little gift. Remember the parable about the mustard seed? It will soon grow if it's sown on a fertile 
the soil, water it, let it grow, let it bear fruit, and let it bless others. So be committed. Just serve God with that little gift he's given you as if today is your last day on earth. And what that means is you, 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 know, you, you will have to you know, um, disregard yourself. You will have to allow yourself to reduce to the barest minimum and allow Christ in you to take over. Allow the Holy Spirit in you to take over. You, you, know, you just do all you can. Do your, be at your best all the time when you're serving God. Don't hold back. Let me just give you this little testimony about myself. I want, when we came to this country, myself and Charles, um, you know, who's gone to, uh, to be with the Lord now, um, we, we went to um, an event, uh, Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. And as we stood there praying, somebody came from behind, tapped me on the shoulders and said, I have a word for you. God said to you, do not hold back. Whatever you've been doing in your country, whichever way you've been serving him, don't hold back and I will bless you. And goodness, has God blessed me? He has blessed me. So my advice also to you is, don't hold back. Whatever God has laid in your heart, it might seem insignificant to you, oh, this gift. You, we don't always have to stand on the pulpit, by the way, to serve God. There are people in the background. And you see, all these testimonies we've talked about today, there are people in the background that's been helping us you know, supplying us with materials, praying for us, huddling us, you know, guiding us. We haven't got all the, you know, we're not super duper human beings. No, it's actually the opposite. But you know, when you step out to serve God, he will teach you. He will guide you. He will train you. And I have to say this. I pinched it from Andrew Womack. He said, he, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. If you go, if you take that step, he will begin to teach you. He will begin to guide you. And before you know it, you become, you know, like a, an oak tree that wouldn't just be, you know, serving, you know, like a, but you, will, you, you, will, you will just be there serving, blossoming for the Lord to his glory. So don't hold back. So, but why should we occupy? Why should we invest? Well, I did mention earlier on that God says go. It's an instruction. It's an act of obedience. So go. Obey. Be obedient. God says so. Lay your treasures in heaven. You lay your treasures in, you know, in heaven when you serve the Lord. And again, thirdly, God will remember your labor of love. Remember Hezekiah when he was told, prepare, set your house in order. You're going to die. What did he do? He turned around, he faced the wall, and he called on the Lord and said, remember. And because he cried to the Lord and said, remember, the Lord heard him and remembered him and extended you know his days by 15 years but if you if you haven't shown anything if you haven't reserved anything what would you present to the lord so serve the lord with your gifting i will conclude i know i do go on a bit but um i'm rounding up now and i just want to say don't hold back god will guide you he will teach he will show you he will speak to you clearly. You will hear. All you need to do is just be willing, be ready, be available. He will do the rest. It's not your business. It's the Lord's business. Now, we do meet every uh, second and fourth Sunday. Uh, uh, Sundays we're in marketplace. However, some months we have five uh, Sundays, and you know we will always just jig it around. 
But the Thursday before the Sunday, we meet to pray and share the word of God. We're out there during Christmas, uh, you know, um, their Halloween. We give them packs of hope and, and tell them that Jesus is Lord. We prayer walk not just um, Bescott, but also the retail pack, and we've seen a lot of things happen. I'm going to stop there, otherwise I'll just go on. But I just want to say, don't hold your gift. Use it to serve, and the Lord will definitely bless you. Let me pray for you, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you for tonight, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you have been with us, and we have truly felt your presence. Thank you, Lord, that nobody, nobody is useless in your hands. Everybody has a gift. Everybody is endowed with so much treasure. Ron Kenoli said, I ain't going to let any stone take my place. And Lord, let, uh, let that also be our prayer that nobody, nothing will take our place. S help us, Lord, to stir up that gift that you have already given us, O oh God. And, we, and I pray that as we take that first step, be with us, guide us, don't leave us, don't forsake us. Because you did promise, say go, that I will be with you always, even unto the end of the age. Thank you, Lord. Bless each one, O oh God, and thank you, O oh Lord, that they have listened. I pray that if anybody, if your heart has actually warmed in any way to all that we have said today, or done, or whatever you have seen, just meet us after service at the exit and we'll share with you a bit more. Thank you very much for listening and God bless you all in Jesus' name.